We are now at it again. Hey, man, you ever been around people that do the book of sugar? Yep. Yeah. 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 It's a, uh, it's a different vibe. Um, I, I never, I never pur- purposefully tried it, but um, I know some people that, that have done it around me. I never saw the need for it, you know, especially the way I grew up. You see everything that had happened to different types of people. Um, and in my experience, uh, what somebody did to me poisoned me with that shit. So I was never really like one to <clears throat> even, even on this part, even when it comes to uh, uh, sharing a blunt, like it, you hardly ever see me share a blunt with anybody. Because right. I always, you know, I got my own while I'm just not smoking. And I'm, I've always been leery of that because of the shit that happens that has I, I've been a part of. So that's how I am. I know uh, I've been in like a couple scenarios, different house parties and shit like that. Motherfuckers rolling up and shit like that. I have my cones with me, have my blunts with me, whatever. And then the motherfucker break out the break out the booger sugar, and maybe passing it around and shit. And I'd be like, I'm good. And everybody stop and look at me like I'm the fi- like I'm the feds and shit. Yeah, you the police. <laughs> you the police at that point. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. They were like, what? Like, yeah, nigga. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I shit. choose not to. That's not my that's not my high. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not my MO, man. That ain't how I get down. That's not my party. That's not my type of party. So the thing about it though is like maybe sharing them up, whatever they snorting through. They sharing that motherfucker. Like so y'all just gonna put that up. Y'all gonna he just put that up his nose. She put it up her nose next. You're gonna put it up your nose after that motherfucker. This and you you expect me to be like fourth or fifth in the line, even if I was a, a snorter, I'm good, bro. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah. y'all y'all don't even make that shit look cool. Wow. <laughs> at least at least if you want me to join in, at least try to try to appeal to my my sense of fucking hygiene or some shit. Right. Give me a separate straw than you ugly motherfuckers got. So god damn, something <laughs> something. Um, yeah. sugar. Yeah, yeah. Getting dusty, hot powdering your nose and all that shit. So I've never been doing this shit the rest of the night. Yeah, yeah. You got to tell them, yo, you got something right here. You still got something right here. Um, I knew uh, I hung out with a couple different type of people that did it. One guy would sit with us, smoke. He would smoke cigarettes, smoke weed, drink, then do cocaine, and then like. Being that be with us in his house with his wife and kids and shit, this shit was just weird, man. Like, I this is you name like three things that that mellow and down a person, and then the fourth thing is what pick them back up, yeah. So, yeah. apparently, in order to remain, I guess, some in some semblance of alert, that's why he probably um, I'm not saying he probably did it in that order because I don't know, and it probably don't even matter what order, no, but I would imagine like however many times he'd hit a line that probably was what he needed to kind of like balance back out or whatever the fuck but i'm good on all that <laughs> oh, i love it um Man, again I don't, I don't even drink i don't even drink canned coke nah. <laughs> you know what i mean no nah. no nah, it's it, it just it was just it was just different seeing it but in, in any circle i've been when people ever push that on me i've never been the guy to go you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do um, i'm a couple i'm gonna do a couple bumps I've never been that guy and I've, I've never wanted to be. Right. Um, and, and along with that, again, even when they used to be smoking weed, like 
even to this day, like I'm very iffy when someone passes me a blunt, like, yo, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay, fam. Can't smoke with everybody anyway. No, I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Some people have fucking vices that you might not be privy to. You might think you know this motherfucker very well. And they fucking shroom, you know what I'm saying, shermed up or or you know what I'm saying, crushing some some Adderall up and they fucking yeah. They we, you know what I mean? Yeah, not just that, but you the people's attitude change. Um some people can be very their mind, the 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 their vibe or energy can change when they smoke too. You know, like they become I I wouldn't just say sensitive, but they their their sense of thinking be, can become warped, you know, and they, they can take take things the wrong way, especially when they shouldn't when you're around a certain group of people. But yeah, some people um, like if it's an indica or a sativa, that'll impact that their level of paranoia as well. So that's that's what influences that mood change. And a lot of people like me, I get real mellow. I mean, I crack my jokes and shit, but I be mellow as fuck. Just be observing and just picking shit apart. Other people just get super like antsy. They can't fucking. So it all depends on like what you. They get anxious and and some of them, you know, like I said, they overthinking everything. Me, I I I chill out. Like my plans of everything, I go over my checklist and I start trying to put other things in place. Um, when I when I either one of them when I'm smoking them, so. Uh, I I prefer it that way. I don't even, again, I don't, I prefer to be by myself, man, when I'm doing my thing, because, mm-hmm. you know, crowds, you know, I, I have to tell myself that, yo, know, you don't, whatever happens, it's not you, it's them. Like, you chilling out, you you vibing, you minding your business, but right. I've been I've been in crowds, man, where people act, act weird, or you, you get a new information that they never heard of, and then for me, I forget that I actually have to explain shit to people. So, oh, I, oh they don't know it. So, and yep. then, then you have to actually rev your brain up to get into the mold of uh, actually talking to people and shit. But like I said, like, I'd rather be by myself and just chill out, man. So um, I only brought that up, man, because, you know, we were, we were talking about that earlier. But, you know, it just, it's just different when you see people smoke and drink or they're around you and they smoke and drink. And yeah. you see the way they you see the way they behavior patterns change or whatever. Like me, I just be chill. Like you, you don't been around me smoking, drinking, whatever. Right. We we chill. I mean, I I may I may be giggly or silly or some shit and have a good time. But you know, it's it's, it's different people when you're around them in their circle. You like yo, this right. ain't for me, bro. Yeah, and, and that's what it is though. Because if you think about it like this from this angle, like you're when when you're in a state of complete sobriety. No, no stimulation, no set it, no sedation. Just you know, what I'm saying, just your whatever your baseline is. That is who you are in, in a state of homeostasis. Anytime you add something to it, to either you know something that enhances or or unlocks or unravels certain parts of your brain, is going to change the way you function because uh-huh. it's setting off alarms in your head first and foremost because your brain is realizing something is changing. You know what I'm saying? Um, so some people go into like a, a, a sub- subdued state of fight or flight. Some people go into like, uh, like I'll take me for instance, like I, I go into analysis mode. I become super analytical of certain things. I'll be picking things apart. That's when I come up with my conversations that we have here. Like I was smoking and I'll be just be thinking about shit. And then I'll be like, I'll go do some research real quick while I'm, you know what I'm saying, in that state. Then I start thinking about it a little bit more and then it kind of like, I'll be having these aha moments, but that's just the way I function because that part of my brain unlocks. 
You know what I'm saying? I don't do I don't do nothing but you know, so I sip a little bit, you know what I'm saying, blow some good. But other than that, I don't need all the extras and shit. Like I did shrooms when I was like in high school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I did it once and it was it what it wasn't bad. It was a decent high. It was different. I what I can't describe it because I have to do it at least twice or three times to really know exactly what what I was experiencing. But I can one hundred percent describe what I look for when I smoke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, I've I've recently been in crowds and like, oh, this ain't my, this ain't my crowd. You know what I mean? Um, okay, cool. And you're just like, all right, uh, I'm probably won't do this again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, that's me. <clears throat> yeah, like like my might break out a, a a little a little plate with some book of sugar on it and decide to, you know what I'm saying? And the other part that happens where, you know, when I'm not familiar with another person's crowd, I don't be divulging my 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 personal business. Like I'm I may be on some bullshit that whole time, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and just say some stupid, some, some stupid silly shit. And it may it may either offend people or they may dig deeper. And it's just like, yo, I'm just I'm really bullshitting. Well, why don't you just tell me? It's like I don't have to tell you nothing. It's my life. If I choose not to tell you anything, then ain't nothing you can really do about it. See, that's the thing that I, I realized too, like in socialization of, of like meeting new people and getting, you know, what I'm saying being parts of other people's peer groups. Like, cause we all have like, I like to call it like cat- categories of friendships. We have p- tier lists and shit like that. As, as far as how men function, I yeah. can't say that's how women function because I see women go through some crazy ups and downs in their relationships with their friends that I've never seen guys go through. You know what I'm saying? But like for guys, like if if I'm hanging out with you and I know that our friendship is this over here is categorized and it's boxed in here because this is the way we function in our in our peer group, right? But I, you bring me around your other peer group. I'm now the new guy. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So what I do is I draw back and I don't. I'm not going to be out here just being the same nigga I am all the time with you, Tony. Blah 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 around these new motherfuckers because they might not be ready for that version of me. If they want to see that, we can have conversations. Let them ask questions. I'm not going to just be initiating information about myself. Like, hey, yeah. yo, let me tell you about me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you're going to be reserved. You're yeah, be reserved. Chill, you know what I'm saying? Have, have our drinks. You know what I'm saying? Chime in on some conversations that I feel like I could relate to. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be the, the hyper expert on shit and try to be flashy and be seen and all of those shit like I see a lot of people do. And because I'm not the attention seeking type person, you know what I'm saying? I shit, I'm cool with just being there. Yeah, I'm I'm just cool just being around. But right. um, I, I noticed that um, <clears throat> in circles that really ain't mine, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're interacting with people and you're watching them interact, you just start noticing like, oh, yeah, this ain't this ain't my crowd or the information they get or the way they think ain't on the same page as me. So. Right. Let me fall back and, and, and keep a, a, a safe distance and not say too much because the way I think may come off offensive or people may say, oh, he think he better than everybody. Oh, he think he this, he think he that. And it really ain't that. It's just, you know, I felt that that was a place where I could get in. But it seems like, nah, maybe that was a bad idea. Um, but again, when people, like you said, when they are inebriate, inebriated or, or under the influence of something, you know, Opinions can change, brain function can change, um, and if you're not a part of that of cr- that crowd originally, then that def- that definitely has something to do with it as well because people tend to act different around around yeah. different people. Because our, <clears throat> our our 
our experiences with other people are just that experiences. I experience you in a, in, under, under certain circumstances. You know, you experience me under certain circumstances. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why guys, there's a hierarchy in friendships depending on where you are in the pecking order. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you're the, you're the boxing expert. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend to be the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable person in our peer group on this particular subject when I know that you're that person. So you're the point man for that, right? Or when it comes to like uh, producing beats, I always look at Tony like he's the A, you know what I'm saying? On that, okay. Cause he does not rap. So he's the A on that. If when it comes down to the details, the finer details of producing music, I'm looking at him like he's an expert. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I might have more experience than him, but I know that he has all his attention focused there. You see what I'm saying? Whereas I've done the writing, I've done the rapping. So like when it comes to like the, if you want to say some, you want to know about the, the, the part of that, that being the multitasker, then I would be the A in that. You see what I'm saying? So how does, how does a person manage to do this and this and this and blah, blah, blah. Hey, go talk to six about that. You see what I'm saying? So, but, but I noticed that a lot of people don't, don't, don't have that, that level of structure when it comes to their friends. You know what I'm saying? That's why a lot of people don't be getting along. They're like, I, I, I see like my girlfriend, she talk about her friends and shit like that. And how, uh, in my opinion, I look at it like I could never be friends with people like some of those people. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I know that they don't fit my personality archetype, but I also don't have the everybody's invited everybody's special, everybody, blah, 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 mentality either. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can't be cool with me. No. And this, all, my friendships are an exclusive club. I got friends who, who, who hold heat all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got friends who work in corporate. You know what I'm saying? I got, you know, guess what? On those two different ends of the spectrum, those friends never meet. Yeah, because it, I'm, the, I'm the common bond. They yeah. don't need to meet unless they're at my fucking funeral. Yeah. You did what I'm saying? Because and, I, and, the, feel, and the other only time I say this, where those two types of people can meet, is if we're out in the open. We can't be yeah. at home. We can't be at home. We have to be out in the open. <clears throat> there has to be a mixture of things that keep everybody's attention. Because if we're all in the same area and it's just us, then it's going it's going to be different. Like we as men are very competitive when it comes to certain things. You know, what I'm saying money, women. Uh, you know, what I'm saying athletics. Stuff like that, but our competition is never is never uh, based on uh, beating the other one down. That's why we can take jokes. We can joke on each other. We talk shit. You do what I'm saying. We already set the, we already set the bar for what is and isn't acceptable. You could talk shit on me. I could talk shit on you. We laugh about that shit, and guess what? It never impacts the friendship at all. Yeah, and go on about it. Talk to you tomorrow. We just said some wild shit. And we move the fuck on. Yeah. You know I'm saying, like, damn, nigga, you wearing that? Nigga, you ain't fucking going nowhere with me looking like that. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that that's that's just how I think like we kind of we kind of function. So when it comes down to like again, like partying together, I'm the guy that's gonna drink my beer. I might have my 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 cocktail or my, you know what I'm saying, my shots or whatever. And I may or may, I, and I don't even like getting, I don't even like drinking publicly anyway, but I, those would be like my limit. Cause I don't like, I don't like to get intoxicated in public. So that's the friend that I am. I, I gotta always be on my A game when we out together. 
I got. I, I can't say that you don't get intoxicated. I've seen you have a couple of drinks. Yeah, I don't got buzzed. I can function though. Yeah, I've never seen you get intoxicated. Me, mm-hmm. on the other hand, you know, I get I get nice and right, but that's just because I'm not. I'm usually the one who's in the passenger seat or in the back seat chilling. So I, I right. never, you know, I never had to worry about that. But that's even exactly. then, I know there's a limit to that. It's like all right, after the second or third one, chill, chill out. Exactly. Unless I know I'm around people that where I like if I'm in if I'm around people I know ain't nothing gonna happen, then I'm gonna go, hey y'all, I'm gonna I'm about to have some fun and talk some shit and then I'll have I'll have a couple more. But it's usually within the realm of, of being responsible and being alert because that's the main thing. Like you still I still wanna be alert. Yeah. And then also, you know, you gotta read the room. You gotta know that this the environment I'm in is a safe environment for this. You know what I'm saying? Like we go out to a, just a, a local pub or a bar and we're going to watch the fight or some shit like that. And we're in the room, 90% people we really don't know. We've seen familiar faces, but we don't know most of these motherfuckers. I'll be a fool to go in there and get shit face drunk and put you at risk because I'm fucked up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm no, I'm actually, I'm going from, I'm going from sober to an absolute liability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, all in like all in the in the matter of a few drinks. You see what I'm saying? But that's me being cognizant. Yeah. And situational awareness, like you know, knowing the like you said, knowing the room, knowing what's 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 around. If it's us, then you know 90, 95% of the room is ta- is t- we just call it tainted. Like we don't know who's in there. And again, you want to be able to be responsible and know where you are at all times. You don't want to just be sloppy and just say, all right, well, I'm just going, you know, no one's going to do nothing because you don't know that. And, and you don't know who, who who may be having a bad day or who may be as fucked up as you are at the time. Yep. And I've, I've had those moments when I was in my twenties where I was like out hanging out with my cousins and just going out kicking in and shit like that. And I wake up the next morning. I ain't, I wasn't blackout drunk or no shit like that, but I'm like, damn, some of that shit is kind of fuzzy. I don't remember some of this shit. You know what I'm saying? I got motherfuckers sending me text messages telling me some crazy shit I done said or cursing somebody out or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Like- I just started experiencing this type of stuff though. Like I, I usually, you know, you know what I mean? Like I, I keep to my, I keep to myself and, and you guys and, and the family and, and, and people like all the, all the homies that I know that are close to me. But in the, in the last couple of years, you know, just trying to figure out who's who around me. Mm-hmm. And then you mingle with that circle and you realize like, yo, you ain't, I'm good on that. Like you cool, but I ain't, I don't fuck with your people like that. Exactly. And, and ain't nothing wrong with that though. Because if you think about it from this angle, like I said, it's categories. You know what I'm saying? Like categorically, think about it like this. Categorically, the common thread between all of us was Brandon. That's a fact. That's a fact. You see what I'm saying? And, uh, that shows like how how um, the common bond was music. It wasn't necessarily anything outside of that. It's artistic shit per se. Uh, so, will we all have ever met in a con- in, in a in a path of life in some form of fashion? Maybe, but it takes somebody who has at least a, a common thread that can form can be the nucleus in that scenario. Because I wouldn't have met. Smith, it went for Brandon because I met him through Lynette. We was working together. All three of us was working together, and we riding to work because we had to carpool and shit. 
and she would play some of his beats in the car. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't like, oh, check out my husband's beat. She'd just pop this shit in and be playing it. And I just like, who is this? Where this come from? And she told me her husband make it. I'm like, oh, fuck, what? I need to meet him. I make beats too. And B was like, this one, this is the guy I was telling you about. And she was like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? So that, that again, it's just all about that, that, that vast array of friendships that people kind of have and what, what their common thread is. Because like I said, the, the one on this end who's a shooter and the one on that end who's working in corporate, the, the common thread being me, there's gotta be something that we all got in common. Otherwise, why the fuck would I, you know what I'm saying? It might just be basketball. It yeah. might just be, you know what I'm saying? It could be, it could be a, a, a amalgam of different things. Yeah, it could be a, a, the love for drinks, you know? So, so maybe a guy that knows whiskey. You know what I mean? And your right. guys may like whiskey. So you bring me around because, yo, don't just try that whiskey. Try these other different flavors of whiskey that you may enjoy exactly. as well. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and then that, bl- that links us together. But at the same time, we still all may not have the same characteristics, char- characteristics and vibe because our, life, our lifestyles are just different. Yeah. And also, like, sometimes the tangibles aren't necessarily there. So uh, the the level of friendship, like you can scale it, however you decide to look at it, you can scale it and say, well, this friendship is a, on, a, on a one to 10, this is a one. So this person is like, this is a person I hit up if I just wanna know uh, what time the game come on and we'll probably have to catch the game together or whatever, we don't really talk that much. The, the 10 would be the one that you probably don't talk much to either, but every time you talk to them, you pick up right where you left off. And mm-hmm. if you ever, and if ever you need this motherfucker, or if, if ever they need you, you know, there's no doubt that, you know what I'm saying? It goes down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some relationships require a whole lot of work. Some friendships require a whole lot of, uh, of maintenance. You know what I'm saying? And depending on how you feel about that individual, you don't mind doing that work. You know what I'm saying? How, where they scale in that, on that, on that scope. Whereas others be like, they high maintenance and you're like, you know what? I'm giving this motherfucker all the space they need because this motherfucker is this motherfucker is a job. Yeah, and I think our our relationship kind of grew because of not just the music, but the level of responsibility and accountability that we have for the things that Absolutely. we're doing. I think we, uh, the three of us, we are we care about what we do when it comes to music, and that's to say that. Brandon didn't care. It's just that the presentation of what we wanted to do, we wanted to want it, we wanted it to be solid and, and concrete before we just did anything with it. Like there was no, I just got this idea and I'm gonna leave it out there for you guys to pick it up um, and figure it out for me. It was, hey, I got an idea for this and uh, I need a beat that sounds like this, or just send me a beat and I'll see what I can do to something like this. And then after that, I said, all right, this is hey, hey. Since y'all like that or y'all don't like that, this is the, the, the direction I'm going in, which I think, and we can have a logical conversation about it and, and, and a, think, a think tank piece about it to, to, yeah. to iron it out. Exactly. So that was one of the things for me was like, okay, these dudes are these dudes are responsible that they're not just coming up with a bunch of ideas and just throwing anything against the wall and see if it stick. Like they, they, they take time and they care about what it is that they're doing. And it's their name. You don't want to just ruin your name and your reputation based on someone just saying, I'm going to make a song called Chinese Noodles and it comes out sound, sounding like origami or pizza or some shit like that. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but 
Right. You know, it's it's a it's a care, it's a care and accountability and responsibility that, that went into it. Like you guys took it into a professional manner where, okay, I'm making beats, but I'm expecting you to deliver a product when right. I give you this beat. What is what's the out what is the outcome we're looking for? And that's the whole thing about it. It's like is the art is the concept a salient concept? Is it something cohesive? Is it something that you can actually articulate to me? You can't don't just say I'm doing something random and it com- comes out Tuesday and today's Friday. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm waiting around to at least help you review it for public consumption because again, our name is our name. Mm-hmm. Uh and then it drops without anybody having any input on it. You know what I'm saying? At least uh uh some some I, like I don't I don't know all the work that goes into what it takes for you to write your songs, right? But if I hear something that I got a question about, I'm gonna ask you. You see what I'm saying? Like, uh, I heard what you was doing with the hook. Uh, what made you do the hook like that? I just wanna get, you know, so I wanna get a bead on it so, cause I could get a better understanding. I'm not yeah. gonna just outright say, I don't like that. Ugh, that's nasty, that's ugly. Yeah. No, help me understand it. Right, because what direction are you going in with that? Yeah, yeah. cause I, maybe I just don't see the vision. And I think that that is what a lot of what kind of, happens when people miss miss the mark on communicating in that friendship mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like come on bro we we better than this you know what i'm saying like it's almost like it's like ducking accountability yeah because me ask again me asking is not to say that i don't believe in the idea i just need to understand where you're going with it that way i know what my party is now when i get ready to lay my verse or when you go back to restructure the beat or you add layers or take things out to change the way that it actually flows or say, hey, maybe this beat doesn't go well with that idea. I got one better for it. One that would actually go perfect for that. Exactly. Especially because you know that things change once the project starts to kind of uh, evolve and develop. So like I've done it quite a few times where like a song, we, we'll do a song and because the energy of the song over the original version of the beat just shapes it in a different way. I'll go make some different changes. I'll probably flip the drums in a different way or I'll flip the sample in a different way. Or I'll just create a whole new beat that kind of matches the energy of what we recorded. Mm-hmm. Now, did, now, did you expect that to be the thing? Probably not. But on, but my producer brain says, you know what? Let's take this up a notch. So let's, let's add a little salt and pepper to the mix. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kind of like, let's grow this. <clears throat> to kind of make this sound a little bit more uh, cohesive, make it sound like it it, it, it it goes together. Yeah, make it lively. Yeah, make lively. it sound more reasonable. Real organic and everything. And for me, that was one of that was, cause I, I, I'm kind of sure you picked up on it in the, in the beginning. Like I was kind of like just on some, I'm cool shit, you know, like I just, I just, I write my rap and get out the way. And, mm-hmm. but the more I got, the, the more I got comfortable, I was like, all right, like they they really care, so I just start peeling back the layers and going, hey, I can croon a little bit, I can do a little bit of singing here and there. Oh, and I got some ideas for a beat, or I, I wanted to change up here, or I was like, this this should go here, or this should go there. But it was more so just to being around you guys and seeing the way that you guys took it serious, and, and you guys weren't <clears throat> you guys weren't necessarily like lazy about the way you guys put th- put things together. So every time I heard a beat from six or every time I heard a beat from uh Smith seven, eight, 
I was always like, all right, I got to step it up. I, I got to compete now. Like every, for me, it was always competition and that's not a bad thing. It's just saying that if these guys are doing it that, that well, and they're doing it that good and people, there are other people from other groups and all over saying that, yo, they, they got something over there. It was just like, all right, cool. I have to continue to be a, a, a barkeeper as well. Like I can't, I can't slack on a little bit of stuff that I do. So you, you, you hold that and you hold yourself accountable again you hold yourself accountable for the art or the work that you produce and you want it to be, you want it to not just be accepted, but it, you want it to have some value to it. Yeah. And I, I think that for me, that was one of the, that was a, a, the other big thing, accountability, but value as well. Like don't just put anything out there. And I think that what, like maybe, and it's not a brag, but like maybe 90, 92% of the shit I was doing had some type of, some some continuity to it. It had some value to it. Like I wasn't even the freestyles and shit I was doing. Like that shit had. It sounded better than a lot of the music that was coming out. I think what was really dope is that like you came in with at least a basic idea on how to structure your verses and your songs. It was I didn't you know what I'm saying I didn't have to hold your hand. I think you you already understood because you listen to music and all that stuff. And also I think kind of like just watching how we work. And just it's like double dutch. You just know like this is how fast the rope is swinging. This is what this is the tempo I need to jump in at. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to waste no time with motherfuckers holding my hand and blah blah blah. You came in and just did what you had to do, and then anything that needed to be fixed in the, was fixed in process. You know what I'm saying? Like if I needed to adjust and adapt to some of the concepts and ideas that you had, it was nothing for me because I don't already worked in group atmospheres and shit like that anyway. You know what I'm saying? You weren't you weren't used to our vibe. But for mm-hmm. you to actually for you to actually come in and kind of like sit in on sessions and stuff like that and start contributing like a little bit here and there until it kind of came to a you know what I'm saying a, a fucking album. Yeah. And, so, and and again, that's for me coming from a group. And then like that that was the thing would be like I had told me like I'm I'm chilling on the on the music for right now. Like I didn't and he kept saying, Oh, you know, you need to get back into it, you need to get back involved. Um, or you just scared, you just scared now that that was like the thing, you know, like, bang, that's the, that's the part that stung. It was like, yo, you, I can't let you say shit like that and, and, and get away with it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm dope. I'm doping than you and I'm probably doping anybody that you be around. So you should probably chill the fuck out until you get me around there and coming in there and watching you guys, seeing the young guys put, uh, put their words together, seeing the young guys make their own beats and shit. I was like, all right, there's something over here. Yeah, and, it, and that's the thing about it, bro. Because you know, it wasn't this wasn't like state of the art, high tech, super multi million dollar setup. It was like homegrown shit. Yeah, and uh, because I, where I come from and all the years I put in, all the time I put in, I I, I have a routine. You know what I'm saying? I have a, I, and I always try to like exponentially uh, outgrow certain habits that I, you know, what I'm saying, developed over time, and try to like evolve in some way. So when I'm hearing something that don't sound right, and everybody like, man, that's dope. I'm like, all right, that's cool. We're gonna sit that aside and gonna work on it this way over here. But I'm still trying to better myself in this way over here. I'm seeing some things, some gaps in my in my progression that need to be worked on. While you guys appreciate this over here, I'm still growing this over here, and uh, that's kind of like why I think uh, I have I have like the last few years put out some some shit that just really just clearing out hard drive space um, that 
songs that I thought were dope, but they don't necessarily meet the the standard of a dope album cut. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And like to me, my favorite album that I recorded was probably Holier Than Thou. And then the one behind that would probably be The Flight Risk or some shit like that. Oh. Mainly because I know exactly, I can, I can, every time I listen to it, I can hear what I was trying to do experimentally. I know where I was at experimentally. I know what I was trying to achieve. And then a lot of that shit, I was hitting my mark. But when it came to like trying to articulate that in the, in the project that I was working on with B, I was teaching him at the same time as trying to develop that sound. And that mm. was the struggle. You see what I'm saying? Because I knew that he was, he was, he, he's a creative. I'm not even gonna knock him. He's a creative. Absolutely. He's, and he's a, uh, he was, he was learning so many different things at one time. You know what I'm saying? So for me to even try to t- tell him that hey, you need to focus would have been, it would have done no, no difference. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you need to focus on your raps. Don't worry about the Photoshop shit. Don't worry about making beats. Don't worry about no. I'm not, I'm not even gonna do that. Yeah, I, and, and it would have been met with resistance either yeah. way it goes, you know. And he would have just back. No, he would have understood why I said it. He would not he would not understood why he said it. And then because of him being himself, he would have got offended, you know, and considered you hating. And then just said, Yeah, 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 I don't want to, y'all don't want to see me flourish, y'all don't want to see me grow. I'm more than just a rapper. And it ain't that nobody's saying that you can't rap. It's just that right now in this lane, you need to be able to paint this type of picture. You can go over there and paint and do all the other stuff. But for right now, just need you to turn the dial up a little bit more in this area so you can get a a, a better a better understanding of what you're doing over here. Brandon could have been a dope rapper. I think that even just in his abstract art of music, it, it had the potential to be something dope. But I know the elements of what he was using wasn't necessarily conducive to the outcome. You know what I'm saying? He was using a lot of loop packs and stuff like that, which is hilarious to me now because the nigga was ahead of his time because that's all these motherfuckers is using now. Yeah. Producers are fucking buying loops from other producers left and fucking right. I'm seeing this shit. I'm, I'm like reading about it and seeing it. it's a whole industry now where niggas is literally like it's homegrown producers just developing four bar loops and, and selling them on the internet and, and motherfuckers like Mike Will made it will find them buy it he'll sign them to make loops for him and he might add his little touches to it and sell the beat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's, that's craziness to me, but it's that, that's, that's just the evolution of music business. It is. But, even, if, if you didn't think it, hold your thought, even with me, remember, I didn't want to make hooks all the time. I, I felt like it should have been a two to three, four bar gap. And then just let me go back in. And he was like, no, you need a hook. You got to have a hook. You got to have a hook. And then you hear like a certain wave of underground music or independent music come in. Ain't no hooks. No <laughs> hooks. And I'm looking at y'all like, yep. <laughs> like or, what, what was I like telling y'all, man? Well, you don't even need a third verse no more. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Hit them with like two hard 16s. Or two uh, two hard 20s and, and, and get up out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the attention span is is the, the, the issue. But like, like I was saying, like to the whole creative process of it, like the the idea that, and then Brandon is substantially younger than me. You know what I'm saying? What he what graduated in 2020 or something like that. Same, we the same year, man. So 
I'm looking at it like I was already, I was already off the porch. You know what I'm saying? I was already out there like making beats for people. I was already out there rapping, doing shows and shit like that, going around, like really getting my hands dirty and 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 rubbing elbows at conventions and shit like that with Jack the Rapper and all this other shit, the new music seminar at McCormick Place and shit like that. So I was already involved in a lot of that. So the things that I'm seeing evolve, I can kind of like, I can account for some of these trends, but the modern technology, the internet age changed all of that. MySpace, uh, Facebook still had no, has never had any hold on it, but the, the MySpace and Twitter era changed everything in terms of the blogs, all of that changed the way music is consumed. And I, it was kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to read it. You have, you interviewed Walt, you saw, you heard how he kind of described it. You know what I'm saying? And he's older than me by like about two years. Okay. I'm saying he jumped off the porch before I did. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, it's crazy to see it all kind of like come to fruition in this way where we like, we, we still got some, something dope to, to give, you know what I'm saying? But the, the, the rethinking of it, you know what I'm saying? We had an honest conversation about what the thought process behind what it is we're creating is, is what really drives it. Yeah. Most people get off in standoff mode, like, man, fuck that shit. These niggas don't see the vision. No, it's just about the way you put it together. You know what I'm saying? That's where I view it, bro. Yeah. It's all about it's all about just, you know what I'm saying, how those pieces fall in place. Yeah. Um, and, and, and even with that, there's still music that we have sitting around on hard drives that's still relevant like we got a lot of relevant music yeah like a lot of not i ain't gonna say a lot but some of the stuff that, some of the stuff that we put together is uh it's still relevant like ain't nothing changed about it the times versus the music like it's it's all about just updating it and, and adding things to it or taking things away from it yeah or or turning it into something that's an ongoing process you know what yeah. i'm saying like you could drop this project but then there's an, a follow-up to that project that fits right in with it, falls right in line with it because, again, uh, and I remember when me and Tony had this idea because at first we were doing these long-ass fucking albums, 16, 20-track fucking projects. They're like, dude, let's give them 10 tracks. You know what I'm saying? That's the sweet spot. Now you don't even got to do that. Get, drop a fucking EP. Yeah, do like six yeah. beats, four yeah, to six. Like, yeah, four to six, and then just call it a day. Yeah. Get in and get out, and then follow that up with another one. That way you're not fucking, you're not draining yourself trying to come up with a concept, because that's really what it comes down to is the concept. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is it, it's the, are the, are the songs sticking the landing? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was the thing I was big on. Like, hey, I don't, we don't, I don't, I'll do eight or nine. Like, I don't, I don't have to do 12. I don't right. have to do 12. Like, I don't have to do the whole EP. Like, I can do eight or nine. It's just about getting a point across and hoping that people see the idea or the concept yep. that I had that I had along with it. Excuse me. <clears throat> that was all it was about for me. Um, but again, for me, being around you guys, like, in the way that you work, because you guys always had something going on in the background. It was like you guys would be dragging me along with it. And I was like, all right, let me just see what it is they're doing and pick around and see and, and, and see what it is, how, how they maneuver and make things happen. Right. So my response would just be, well, let me put a song out that has nothing to do with that. Let me just make sure that I'm chiseling, chiseling my craft so they understand that I am over here working, you know, and you end up with three songs in the middle of the night 
you end up with one song in the middle of the night, you might end up with a song every day, you know, so. It's just, just setting that pace and like giving yourself a rhythm. Yeah. Give you, give you something to look forward to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It kind of remind me of like when we did that little showcase, I forgot the name of the, the little spot we did it at. It was me, you. Tilly's. Where's it, Tilly's? Tilly's up north, I think. Yeah, Tilly's up north, exactly. And how like people's response to what we did was, like, like these niggas came here and gave him that real hip hop. <laughs> Yo, when we did uh, Words with Friends, that's when every like everything changed when we did Words. Yeah, the with whole friends. the whole room, everybody start, everybody turned around. And it was like it was oh. like whoa, these niggas is rapping for real, rapping, rapping. Yeah, like they rapping for real. Like the niggas that was up top came downstairs. Uh, uh, everybody came like the DJs. Everybody, motherfuckers. The DJ came from behind the fucking <laughs> man. Niggas bought their cameras out. Like, yo, these niggas can rap. And man. then I, I turn around, look at you. You looking at me like, oh, this nigga done changed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we about to, we about to. Cause we did our little rehearsal in the basement a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't nothing like that vibe, bro. Mm-mm. As soon as that, as soon as that music came on, and like I found that. <laughs> yeah, that rhythm. I was like, ah, let's go, let's go, let's go. They like, oh, these niggas came to rap. Yeah, uh, <laughs> was, was... It, it was just a different. It, what it is, it's the approach, man. Like, mm-hmm. I think that because I don't do this, I don't do this for the the uh, that's the glamorous aesthetic. Uh-uh. You know what I'm saying, I feel like you get the energy from the music. Let the music do the talking. You know what I'm saying? Whereas a lot of people, they get off into this rap shit and they want to be the image. You know what I'm saying? If I got a gangster ass song, then everything about me and what what you hear for the rest of the fucking set is going to be gangster as fuck because Lord forbid I I stray away from that and now I get get tested in these streets. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like the aesthetic of it. It's like, man, let's just give them some dope ass music, bro. Yeah, that's why I was like, yo, we gotta put together some songs that are, like get people involved and like let them know that yo, we, we got good Call music. Yeah, 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 we got good music, but we can we can fucking rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all the motherfuckers that was up top, like everybody came down. I looked up, then I got all of a sudden this spotlight is in my eye. I'm like, yo, <laughs> like yeah. I see why niggas got on glasses and shit up here. Like this shit just got bright to the motherfucker, man. Uh, with Pepe Le Pew. Oh yeah, come to my penthouse suite. That's a classic, man. It's catchy as fuck too. That's a classic <laughs> song. You know what I should have done after years of you saying do that? I should have just went in behind you and just told that shit down. Yeah, but, yeah. And you was like, no, 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 do it. And I, t- I tried to keep it play as fuck, you know, some cool shit. Years later, every time I hear it, I was like, yo, I should just went nasty in that motherfucker, man. I should just went off because the song is the song. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. But see, that's just, you know what I'm saying? We don't went down like a whole rabbit hole or whatever, and we kind of like touched on a whole bunch of different shit, but it all kind of like circles back around to that, you know what I'm saying? That, 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 that common thread, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But the common thread made us cohesive and we were able to get shit done. So, absolutely. I remember when Tony dropped that beat in the Dropbox and uh, I was at work. And I'm just sitting, I'm on a fork truck and shit. And I'm just, I have my earbuds in. And I was like, what he got in here? I pulled that beat up. I start shooting them text messages. What's up with this beat? 
I said, I'm already, I already got a hook in my mind right now. He just said, he was sent back a LOL. He said, do what you guys do. <laughs> I got off work that next morning and got right to it. <laughs> hey, and around that time, that's when I was asking for peace. Like, yo, I, I want to rap. Like, I, I, I want to get shit done. You know, and I just kept, Tony, give me Tony, Tony, Tony. I would go over his house, Tony. Like, yo, what you got in the garbage can, man? Because that's what all this. Yeah, what huh? you throwing over there? What yeah, you yeah. What you throwing away, man? Let me not what you got, what you got on the, like what you what you throwing away? Because I know it's it be he he got a lot of gems in the garbage can. And you gotta go there and go through them shits. So I don't even remember like the I think my brother was probably the first song we recorded for that project. Or it might have been words with friends. I don't know. It was one of those two. I think it was Words with Friends, though. Words with Friends was probably the first one because that's the one I did, the little Scrabble board. Uh, that was for my project, Words with Friends. Yeah, that's right. That, but that was the first song that was recorded that kind of played off into the Critical Mass album. Oh, okay. Okay. And then uh, we did My Brother right behind that. And then it was like just boom, 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 just knocking these songs out. And it was like, Jeez. Brother was easy. Yeah, that shit was like the wordplay, all that shit, nigga. I lo- I love the fucking wordplay on that one because it, it it spoke to more than and that back to what we talking about, like the whole friendship thing, the brotherhood, the you know what I'm saying. It's like that song. It it, it exemplified exactly what we talking about now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's and then we we performed that shit too while yeah. we were there and people were people were getting involved in that. Yeah, yeah, because we had them saying brother. Yeah, yeah, call and response and shit. But that's the reason why I did the way I did that shit. Yeah, man. I was like, these niggas want me to write hooks. Okay, let me, let me, let me start putting hooks together. Um, and then the chicks. I think that's when the ladies that was in the front, they was like, y'all ain't got nothing for the ladies. And then we did Peppy Le Pew. Yeah, I was like, this is about as close as for the ladies we gonna get. That shit, that shit it resonated though. Yeah, they was in there bobbing their head. And then you start doing your two-step on stage and shit. Yeah, you know. I give yeah. them a little bit of that. Yeah, we I had fun that night though. I had fun yeah. that night. Definitely. Yeah. Shout out, salute to Greg Granite, man. I appreciate you, big dog, for uh giving us a chance to get up there. He wanted us to do more, but he never got back to me um about doing any more shows. Um, and then he asked me to come to the studio a couple of times, but I was working. I was doing. He he told me he told me just come in there and just do my work while I was in there. But you know when I'm when I'm I'm when I'm working, I like to be where I, where I do my work at where I'm comfortable and where I'm gonna get things done. So I remember you saying that before. Yeah, I, I like to be where I'm, where I'm productive. If it wasn't at your spot, Smith's spot, or my spot, it has to be somewhere um, where I'm comfortable at. And I hadn't been been over there to work because one time he had me. He's like, "Hey, G Count is over here, and a bunch of guys is over there." Mm-hmm. But when I'm in there, I want to I want to do my shit and like just chill the fuck out or keep keep going, keep being uh, productive. So um, I just stayed. I just stayed out the way. That's that's still my gato. Still yeah. keep in touch with him. But um, yeah, he was another one, man. That was just like yo. He 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 also said he was like put more of your life in the rap. Yeah, put more of your life in the rap. That was really a big thing for me. Like on the bottom half of like how all of that stuff kind of was like manifesting, like really just starting to be a little bit more uh, introspective and kind of like uh, 
and that's another reason why I think the Holier Than Thou album kind of like is one of my more favorite albums because I touched on a lot more of my personal shit. That and the flight risk are like my two more, like I had my rapidly rap shit on there, of course, mm -hmm. but I was actually like just being a little bit more, uh, I guess, introspective. I was I was being more uh, biographical, autobiographical in my writing and stuff like that. And, and still trying to be entertaining and funny and shit like that and witty because that, that always been like part of my brand. You know what I'm saying? Just give people something they, they could chuckle at a little bit while they're saying, damn, that was deep though. Yeah. And that was the thing. I, I just wanted to I just wanted to do the, the rapidly rap shit. And and <clears throat> sitting with Greg, G was just like, yo, I knew everybody's gonna know that you can rap. He's like, that's not the problem. He's like, you got to what is gonna let get them to relate to you. He's like, you got to not just rap, but you got to you got to give something that's relatable. You got to give them yourself, like what makes you who you are. And that's when I kind of just started going, all right sort of like giving it layer by layer like dealing with stories about things i've seen happen to other people and then slowly i started making more songs that were kind of personal and if i didn't like put them out i still have them like written down about some certain things that i have been through so definitely i think that that is what separate like um what modern rap is versus like old school rap and old school would be anything that i would i would then be 2005 and further back um and the reason why i kind of look at it that way is because now relatability is not necessarily the 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 key item anymore you know what i'm saying it's all about mm -hmm. a vibe. it's all about a vibe it's all about a bop uh and it's also because we don't control it anymore we have as our, our we the culture does not control the music anymore you know what i'm saying like the culture is still the culture and the music still exists as a part of that, but it's so business now that mm -hmm. anybody could just get in there and become a rapper and they don't have to be relatable. That's why somebody like Kendrick Lamar can put out a stellar album and it don't do half as well as somebody who talk about trapping. You see what I'm saying? Because somebody who's talking about trapping or somebody who's talking about killing somebody, those songs don't necessarily have to be biographical or autobiographical. Those songs are just- At the hit. Yeah, they got the hit. They just got the they got that vibe. They got that bop. Um, and for a, like a, a legacy act, and it's kind of like why I'll say this: I feel like LL responded to academics in a passive way, but he made a lot of valid points without being disrespectful to that dude. And I don't even knock. I'm gonna tell you, I don't like academics at all, but I don't knock his take on it because he's the voice of a whole generation. You know what I'm saying? A younger generation. <clears throat> he's only saying what they've been saying for the longest. And what he said was, was it disrespectful? Yeah, but that's almost like, that's like saying your big brother who been in, you got a big brother who you you was raising a house with him, but he's never home. And when he see you in the street, he always talking crazy to you. And now you're getting money in the same streets he getting money at. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what that looked like. You see what I'm saying? So like the old, the OGs never put the young niggas in under their wing and say, hey, let me put you on to some game. Let me show you how not to fuck up the shit that I fucked up on. You know what I'm saying? Instead, they watch these young niggas come out here and do what they do. And then they immediately kind of like, nigga, you whack. Nigga, you trash. Get that bullshit out of here. Why are you talking that shit to him? It makes these little young niggas say, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go hard as fuck doing this whack shit you talking about. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm gonna check these bags, and then um, we're gonna look back and we're gonna put out, we're gonna see who got the biggest bag, who gonna get, who got the most money on the table, who actually, who gonna feed mama. Yeah, I'm gonna do it, mama do it my way. Exactly. You know, why, the, you, why you saying fuck me? I'm gonna go do it my way and see how many fuck me's actually count. Because if you think about it, these young dudes ain't saying fuck you back. They haven't been saying fuck you back. They just been getting money. They getting money, bro. And then all of a sudden, the, the one or two times somebody does say something and speak up, oh my God, who this young whack ass nigga? He ain't no real DJ. Yeah. Blah, 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 he, blah, blah. What, what has he done for the game? What has he done for the game? These yeah. niggas don't care about what they doing for the game. They care about feeding their families. Family. Because these niggas understand from another perspective that the culture is the culture regardless, but mouths got to get fed. Yeah. You know what and saying? for, and and for some of these niggas, is, that's, that's all that matter, man. It's, all that matter. It's the easiest route to the, the biggest check. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you want me to go out here and kill some niggas? You want me to go rob some banks? You want me to sell some dope? Or you want me to rap? You want me to go hoop? Or you want me to rap? Yeah, make a choice now because yeah. it's, either, it's either the entertainment or the, or the drugs. And I already know how the drug game go. And, and the crazy part about it, though, is like, it don't even have to be like somebody like academics. For one, he's not even an America, uh, an, uh, an American, a uh, black American in that way. He's from Jamaica. Mm. And he was raised in New York or New Jersey or some shit like that after, I think, junior high or some shit like that. But for the most part, he don't have that connection. But what he did see is that the common bond between him and people he was around was music. You know what I'm saying? What better way to relate to the motherfuckers who've been shitting on you? You know what I'm saying? Let's fuck with fuck with the music and shit like that. The nigga, the nigga took he took the the easiest route to the to the bag. Should he been talking wild crazy about Chicago and all the shit that was going on? Probably not. But if he wasn't gonna do it, somebody else was gonna do it. Yeah. And then another thing is, it's like he ain't create the, he didn't create the shit he was talking about. He was talking about the shit that was created. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit out of order in my opinion. It just yeah. seemed like it was all for promo. Um, and, and, I, and I get it, you know what I mean? You you speaking on some shit that everybody else is talking about, but at the same time, you're not familiar, you're not from here. We I don't think nobody has ever seen you here until recently or something like that. But you know, he was doing this thing. I, you know, I it was just it just it was just frustrating because for a guy like me who's kind of like involved in trying to change the way some of these young guys live their life, and you you hearing these stories and they being told the wrong way or you're doing it for the attention and for the views and the clicks and everything, the likes that come with it. It's just like, you know, you're promoting the side of it that's keeping uh, the, the violence and the ignorance, you know, brewing, that's keeping it up. And I'm, I'm out here trying to do something different and you're, you're doing nothing. You're not helping extinguish the fire. You're lighting it. Yeah. And I think that's what the, 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 gap in communication actually exemplifies though because academics got ogs around him he got joe button he got charlemagne he got a bunch of people that are like on speed dial if they really you know what i'm saying like he wouldn't even be in the mainstream light if it wasn't for joe button facts you know what i'm saying joe button reached out to him got him on the everyday struggle uh show with uh what's the name of the complex and they start that little show for a year, did a year and a half of some shit together before that shit dissolved and Joe did his own thing back on his podcast. But Ak 
was smart enough to capitalize on those moments and, and rebrand himself and build himself out of doing that war in Chirac shit. Dope. But he has also a vendetta against everybody who, who shitted on him. And it's obvious. Anybody who, like, he aligned himself with the most with the most controversial individuals over the years because he knew that they shared the same the same level of vitriol from the public. Nobody fuck people didn't really fuck with uh XXX Tentacion. You know what I'm saying? They they liked his music, but they you know what I'm saying, they said he was problematic. They said he had some uh domestic violence cases that was pending and all this sort of shit before he died. He was a young dude, like 19, 20, 21 years old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Act could relate to him. Same thing, like uh, you take, I would say like that the most outrageous case would probably be his relationship, his friendship with, uh, uh, what's his name, Takashi 69 Like the way the streets view Takashi 69 I totally get it. He aligned himself with some street shit. But I being an adult and I'm not, I don't, I don't work in the echo chamber. I view things from a more pragmatic standpoint because I fucking work, work with young niggas in the studio. I know how this shit go. All these niggas ain't from the streets. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? I know some real street niggas who, who, who was working with me in the studio. Two of them are dead. You know what I'm saying? And they wasn't even that, they wasn't even that deep in the game when I when they met me. They was young ass niggas. But the streets took them out. The, the lifestyle took them out. So the 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 thing that really drives act. X point into a wall is the fact that the whole time he's selling his point, he's selling it to some white kids who don't give a fuck about the culture. No. So you basically, the, the lack of integrity and dignity ain't really there. Exactly. Cause all you doing is just saying, look at these niggas. And that's how they viewing us. Like, Oh, look, look, look what these niggas doing. Being niggas. Look at these niggas being niggas, man. Yeah. And, and I still haven't caught up on everything that he, you know, I think it's, I think we kind of talked about this separately, but we're saying it now on the podcast. I think for me, it's, it's just been messy, even with the, with the latest thing with him, with the LL and everything. And I get it. You're expressing your views and your opinion on, 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 what, you, on what you believe to be true. Your opinion. Mm-hmm. That's cool, you know, but LL is LL, man. He's been, he been here for a long time and he was here way before this internet shit started. So his form of success came way different than yours. Like you rode the backs of other niggas to make yourself who you are. This nigga put in hard time. I shouldn't say hard time. This nigga put in years and years and years of, 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 of being groomed or, or, or writing or having people write or whatever it was to make. LL Cool J, the legend. Yes, to become a success, being in movies, working out constantly, being a sex symbol, you know, uh, being a part of FUBU, being a part of Gap, like this dude did a lot to build up who he is, and now we in an era era where you can just do that shit a lot a, a lot quicker. But LL's dignity and integrity was—I don't think it was ever on the line when he was doing the shit. He cemented. He cemented. You know, I talk my shit about LL. We have our jokes and all this old shit, but I can never, ever take anything away from his legacy. You know what I'm saying? The man put in the fucking work. Yeah, he did. You know what I'm saying and. I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even fathom putting words together to rhyme until I heard uh, my radio believe me, I like it loud. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm bad and shit like that. That, that nigga was, the, he was that man. He was, he was the, he was the, he's the pinnacle. 
Reign supreme, notorious. I crush you like a jelly bean. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, my guy. <laughs> come on, my dude. This nigga was like, but he was he also was that young dude who who was cocky and arrogant and because he checked more bags than cool mo d he felt like he needed to shit on him yeah you did but, but that's that's usually how it go right the young line want to test the old line exactly so that's why i appreciate even though it was passive in my opinion but it works him approaching the topic without necessarily directly chastising academics you know what I'm saying? He was like, he felt like, well, since this is a topic and this guy brought it up, I'm going to talk to all y'all. You see what I'm saying? But so here's the thing about that. You take a, a what, 25-year-old LL and you put him in a room with that same guy that's academics. I don't think academics walks out of that room not standing on his two feet. I don't think academics care about that part of it. because he I know been, he don't, but I'm just saying. like He's been tested by Nipsey before he died. He was tested by Vic Mensa. He was, I'm like, motherfuckers motherfuckers come at him and he don't back down he stand on his shit i hear what you're saying but i'm saying put him in a room where it's just them and ain't no cameras and on that shit do you think that that the same shit happens i believe he stand on his shit he just okay. <laughs> yeah i'm dead serious man i think that he he's foolish in that but it's a cultural thing you see what i'm saying he don't have the he don't have he don't have the incentive to back down because his his re reputation and all of that is hinged on him just being 100% true to whatever right or wrong he says, whatever it is that he says. And if he's wrong, he I, I've seen him apologize for, for being wrong. Okay. And I've seen him actually, you know what I'm saying, retract statements and shit like that. Uh, I just think that, I think that the money going is going to his head. You know what I'm saying? He's a millionaire already and he's, just turned 30 or some shit like that. I don't I don't pay him enough attention, mainly because of I follow the podcast. I watch how like okay. I watch how the industry, you know what I'm saying, is working. Yeah, I, I, I just I kind of just stay out the way of it because you know for me, I always view it as uh some of these guys are just seeking attention, and that's not something that that yeah. I I prefer to do, right? So let me say this too, because <clears throat> I just want to get this out the way. There's a couple of people that wanted to sponsor what I'm doing, right? But they wanted me to just take what I do and they wanted me to push it a little bit further by doing something that was more, uh, I don't know if this was a term to use, but they was more saucy, more flamboyant and shit like that. Something, yeah, they wanted me to do something that was loud. And I was just like, I don't do loud. I sit and I talk with my homies. We chop it up about things that we want to talk about. I get on there, I talk to boxers. And then when I get back with my guys, we talk and we have intelligent conversation. Because a lot of times we don't get regular intellectual talk amongst us or just regular shit that we, we that we talking about. A lot of times you 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 get on a podcast, motherfuckers are saying that same ignorant nigga shit that they've been saying when they at home. And and that's cool. Like we can do that, but and I got homies that can do that. But why do that all the time to 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 garner attention when I don't that's that's not that's not something I prefer to do. I get it. I mean, it's the same thing with the rap shit, though. It's like um, uh, the personality that you put behind your words when you're rapping. You know what I'm saying? It's like people. It's like it, you really. Can't, it's hard to separate it. You can't really separate it because uh, I listen to I listen to maybe like six different podcasts that are really different. They all kind of like they had their own little vibes to them. Uh, 
It's one of them is more of a inf informational. They do like uh, tips, music industry tips, meaning uh, production, how to get, how to market yourself, stuff like that. And they run through like 20 different points every episode. And uh, another one I listen to is called Wine and Weed. You know what I'm saying? Another one I listen to is like, um, uh, this is really like current affairs and stuff like that, current events, uh, different takes on current events and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So I listen to, and I'm, I'm listening to not only the conversation, but I'm listening in, listening in a way where it's like, uh, what, how are they, how are they pitching it? How are they getting the people to, to come to it? Uh, are they are they being egregious with the with the offhand comments? Maybe maybe not. Some do, some don't. Uh, there's one podcast I really fuck with out of Chicago, and they uh the, the Lapeef Network. Them boys be working, uh -huh. and they just talk about the they talk about the black family dynamic. Every episode like different elements of like the black family dynamic. What's what's going on in the current uh in the current state of affairs for black relationships how can we bring families back together what's missing from the black family they got one chick on there who's a school teacher they got one dude on there he just collect records and shit like that one dude from atlanta one dude from florida one dude you know what I'm saying one dude from detroit this is all these different people from all around the country just come and chime in on this conversation the way we having this conversation right here right now they got fucking eight windows open and everybody like taking turns talking they debate these topics sometimes they get heated sometimes they don't but this is the format that they go with they go with the the debate format whereas we're having a conversation they 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 they've started out with just that format and now it's a network with different shows with different formats mm. you know what i'm saying out of chicago just doing it doing it the way homegrown like you do it yeah you know what i'm saying um and i look at that and i'm wondering like what are they doing that's different how do they how do they how do they get from like just couple youtube streams to now they touring and shit like that you know what i'm saying in the in the year and a half i've been checking them out they're touring now oh wow yeah they going they just got through doing the show in atlanta they about to do one in dc they trying they trying to book some shit up in chicago but chicago's such a hot spot i guess I, mean, I guess it's hard to really book something like that without turning them up into a shooting gallery mm. you know what i mean but you know how it go but I'm like I said, I'm just studying it because I'm 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 intrigued by this. This is it ain't even a new industry, but it's an industry that black people we we take we turn everything up. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan. You, his name is his name. But Joe Budden is Joe Budden. His name is his name. You see what I'm saying? The nigga been podcasting so long. He has he done had multiple different co-hosts, but all he does is grow. And he went, he, he, this is his rebrand. This ain't even like some shit he just been doing and rap was his second. This was his number two. This was his number three. Yeah, because he'd been using, <clears throat> he'd been using video cameras and all that shit for a while back when he was fucking with uh, old girl Tahiri or whatever, so. Since he was with Def Jam. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm studying, I, I watch his shit sometimes. I'm, I like to listen to him more than watch his shit. So I'll probably like listen to a couple episodes here and there if I could catch it. And I just study the 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 clarity the conversation pieces uh how are they how how their back and forth going do these guys really feel this way or are they just fucking selling it because they need to I'm like okay but he never he never have ads he's financing his shit but he never has ads you see what i'm saying 
You got yeah, all of these things kind of factor in. And the other thing about that not having ads is because dude got dude got an audience now. So yeah, yeah like he's he's built his audience, like he has a core audience, and people are tuning in. He 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 worked on that audience for years. Yeah. And he he allowed the negative to, to remain negative. He never tried to clean it up. So, so like when he broke up with his former co-host and shit like that from the show last year, he didn't come back and, and try to, you know what I'm saying, smooth it over for the public. He just let the public feel how they felt about it. And that fueled more of his, his persona because his per persona has always been that. This, this is the same nigga who left Slaughterhouse. Yeah, and, and, and it seems like the star of this, he was the star of the group. And it seems like these niggas is eating uh, too since they left. Yeah, they wasn't even interested in podcasting that much until the shit hit the fan. Uh -huh. And now they they brand is really, I don't know if I'm gonna just say it, they brand exists because Joe. I mean, it, of course, like how, how else would it have? have because gone? these niggas were like literally saying how they, they don't really look at podcasting as anything that they really like to do. They just do it because they fuck with Joe. And now, because it's something to prove, you know what I'm saying? They don't want to be the niggas who fell off that Joe fired and they fell off. No, they got to do it. They got to do it. Yeah, uh, be on a special or be on the news in a couple of years. Or where, what happened where to are these they not, Where are they now? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? These niggas got, Joe make niggas got to do shit, man. Crook and Joel got to rap, bro. Didn't they just put out that project? Harvard? Another project, yeah. They put first earlier this year. They put out the uh, the rise and fall of slaughterhouse, and then they just dropped another album. Yeah, I think it's called Harbor City or some shit like that. Yeah, these niggas gotta rap now. They they got to the 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 crazy part about it, bro. And I fuck with slaughterhouse's music. That was probably like the most that was the biggest breath of fresh air of its time, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Royce would be like, he's the he's he's the he's the two, and Joe, Joe is the one. You know what I'm saying? Because Joe is the one who had, he already had the, he had the clout, he had the fame. He had already been on uh, social media. He already, he had the biggest deal. He had the, he's the only one out of the whole group who had a fucking, a Grammy nominated single. You know what I'm saying? Joe actually had three hit singles. Pump It Up was his number one single in his whole career. He's, that would make him a one hit wonder, right? The rest of them are not even one hit wonders. And then because of Slaughterhouse, and everything that that machine created, Royce's album gets nominated for a Grammy. You know what I'm saying? Because of the association. The, yeah, just by association. So and I, and I, we can't just say association, but his productivity yeah, through the association. Can't can never knock can't knock his work at work. Yeah, at. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But it's it's without it's without saying though that the association with the brand, Slaughterhouse was Joe's song. Before it became a group, he put all them niggas on a song together called Slaughterhouse. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So all of this was like his imagination at work. So like when when I and I totally get like Crook and Joel's take, their stance, their their uh frustrations and all of that stuff. But from the business standpoint, man, you can't be mad at Joe for saying, man, I'm bigger than rap now. And and then for figuring it out too, because after after doing this shit for so long, right? doing it and trying to do it over, over and over and over again and realize like I'm sick and tired of dealing with dealing with these industry niggas, man. Like yep. it's the worst shit ever. It's not getting me nowhere. I keep running into the same fucking wall. I keep having the same fucking problems over and over again. And then the biggest realization is what? I don't own none of my shit. Exactly. I keep fighting with the same motherfuckers about budgets and budget cuts and 
and and them telling me not to do this and them telling me not to do that. And, I can't even drop my own singles. Okay, you know what I'm saying? And then that's he 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 would talk about that shit, bro. He would like say like he was like, dude, you can't pay me enough to get back in the studio and rap. He said, I make too much money now. I'm doing what I want to do on my terms. I own this. My name is my name. You know what I'm saying? He's looking at it like Slaughterhouse it hit a wall when he signed a major deal because record label owns the rights to the to the masters until otherwise negotiated. Yeah. And uh or that seven to ten year term period or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> and he was like, Man, why are we doing this? We have we have total control. This is our brand. We could sell our own merch. We could do this shit forever. We could do this into perpetuity, but not if they have control of it. Yeah. That's yeah. like that's that Kanye and Gap shit. That's that Kanye and Adidas shit, man. Yeah. That nigga can't even use his own fucking name because the contracts say you can't use Yeezy under nothing else because we got it right now under our brand. Who signs a contract like that? A nigga who don't read? A nigga who don't know no better. You see what I'm saying? But when you when you bent when you entrenched in trying to be the best version of yourself, you learn every opportunity. You learn through every opportunity that's presented. Especially once they they, they on your goddamn back, and it's the frustration of dealing with them is hindering your creativity and your growth and and whatever project you have going on. And it, and it, and it's and it's fucking with your family's life and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, and start smothering you and shit like that. Then you start going, yo, why the fuck am I here if they not gonna let me rock out like I want to rock out? And a, a lot of people don't understand is that's the prop. That's the that's always been the biggest problem. You got these people sitting around, these lawyers and these suits sitting around trying to tell you how to put out your material, how to put your material together, and they don't care that you're trying to put together pieces of art. You're trying to put together experiences. They're trying to figure out how to market you and make money off of you and make their money back. They don't care about the artwork. That's, that's why. Not, Music, that's why business and art does not mix. And I, I said that before, business and art don't go together, but we always been trying to chase that, that, that monetization aspect of it because they sell us on the notion of becoming rich and famous. That go back to what we were saying about uh, Ross in the, in the chat. You know what I'm saying? Ross already, he, but when he came in the game, he wanted to be rich. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't about fame, it was about rich. You know what I'm saying? It's about riches, it's about the money. And that's everybody. I, you don't go to work because you love answering to to them. You got oh, bills. You go, yeah, there's a paycheck that comes with it. So I was like, you ask yourself, like, what's the like, what's the trade off? Like, the nigga was a, a CEO. Obviously, the CEO shit was not what was up for him. He probably was like, man, I rap better than I, I guard these goddamn prisoners. Yeah, I ain't got time to be getting cut up by these motherfuckers in here. Let's go ahead and hit the studio harder, and, and network a little bit out here, and, and put my pen to work. You know what I'm saying? Meanwhile, motherfuckers who don't rap or understand the business of hip hop, they look at what he doing or what he did as being some clown shit. They don't realize this nigga ain't got to worry about a damn thing in for the rest of his life. Yeah. On the subject of Joe Button, <clears throat> do you ever think that he sat down and tried to show like Crooked and Joel Ortiz how to how to make that thing work for them, how to how to push it to make it to to get things to their to their advantage, so they didn't have to go to a record label. I believe that Joe probably wanted to, but he didn't, the way he communicates, because he, he's very argumentative based on the way I see him communicating with his podcast co-hosts and just him when he was having his uh, meltdown with Crook and Joel over that album they dropped earlier this year. He, the way he communicates 
he's hyper passionate about certain things. And I don't think that sometimes a lot of the people respect his point of view on, on certain things because he has so many L's. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But people don't realize that those losses are the lesson. Yeah. And that's what that's what's been guiding him this entire time. It's like, yo, I don't have to go, I done got cut. They done cut me, they done shot me, they done stabbed me, they done done everything to me, man. So the way that I view the industry is a lot different from the way you all see it. You all are trying to make a dollar. And it's very hard to make a dollar when they're actually, you know what I mean, using your talent to leverage a fucking dollar or whatever it may be. So, and also, they they got in at a time where streaming really just hit a whole fucking new stride where nobody's really eating off of streams no more. You know what I'm saying? He got out right before TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Really so, just busted open. Yeah, TikTok is like a record label right now. Yeah, you know what you know and. I forgot my thought. Damn, it'd have been it'd have been easier for them to come together. Like I think they were saying on one of the interviews, we got it off the label. Now we just need to figure out how to rebrand and redistribute our mm-hmm. brand to the world. And once we once we figure it out, then your twenty five percent is your twenty five percent, mine's is mine's, and the other two get their own twenty five percent. But now it's ours, ours. It's ours, and we own it. Splitting it with this corporation over yeah. here. You know what I'm saying? And also. Like, and that's what that's what Joe and, and Royce's biggest problem was with that the Rise and Fall of Slaughterhouse album because they pretty much put a nail in the coffin on something that wasn't even dead. You know what I'm saying? Slaughterhouse wasn't dead, they just hadn't dropped that album in like seven years because they did not want to put it out on Shady. Yeah. And Joe was like, Look, while y'all try to figure that out, I told you how I felt about it. I'm finna go over here and do this other shit I'm passionate about. You know what I'm saying? Royce did the same thing. Royce built the whole goddamn studio. He, in that time, he built his two, studio, two projects. Two albums, you know what I'm saying? Got all his masters back. You know what I'm saying? From all the deals he had. You know what I'm saying? He owned all his shit right now. Yeah. So, like, who you gonna listen to? You know what I'm saying? You, you just passionate about giving the fans bars. Nigga, fuck that. Your life is on the line. Your yeah. livelihood is on the line. Yeah, we, we, we talking about business at this point. Like, right. if, man, if the fans, we could... understand. Yeah, if we put out an album what percentage of the album do we own? Because we know we're getting a small percentage of points. We're splitting it four ways anyway. And, and and not just splitting it four ways. What are we really splitting in a time in a, in this time on this time of streams? Like what are we really getting? So that means we're gonna have to put shows together. We're gonna have to rebrand mark merchandise. We're gonna have to do a whole bunch of stuff just to make this shit work. But we have to do it in a way that the fans really are going to fuck with us and our brand because they really love us as a group and as lyricists. So you gotta be consistent across the board. I saw the graph, I forgot what the numbers were, dude, but it was like saying like how many streams for a dollar? 1200, I think, right? On Spotify, I think it's like 1200 streams just for one dollar. Apple Music is not, Apple and YouTube aren't any better. It's like 900 or something. Title might be, Kind of getting there. Tyler Quali is the one that posted that graph. Uh, but it's like one of them was like, I think I think we get better metrics off of Bandcamp than they get off of their shit. Absolutely. It's a boutique. You know what I'm saying? The boutique approach is it the most lucrative? Probably not if you don't have a commercial viability. But guess what? Your money is your money. Uh-huh. If you sell for 10, you get your seven dollars or something change. Man. But you, when you doing it like that's why I I I, I wanted to put 
a lot of these projects that we did up on the larger streaming services, but I was like, for what? You you competing with these motherfuckers, dude. Yeah. Salute to Bandcamp for 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 existing and being being yeah. a home to our music. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, maybe we need to reach out to them and talk to them about doing something, you know. Yeah, some sort of collaboration and try to get some promotional campaign going to try to get our music heard again. Yeah. And speaking more, uh, we, drop, we, do numbers. we spike like a motherfucker when we drop something. Yeah, and then and then do this around it, you know, mm-hmm. do this around it, and we still need to. We we'll talk about that later, but L I V E, we need to do do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, man. It's dope though that you know what I'm saying to see how. The, the cumulative effort to kind of like grow the culture and do different things with it other than just focus on rap. That's always kind of like inspired because I feel like rap is rap. It's, I don't think it's ever going to go anywhere and change outside of like the audience. I think the music business has been struggling to try to stay relevant and has been using these streaming services as a means, as a vehicle to kind of do that. But we, as artists, we always gonna have something to put out. All we gotta do is figure out the different vehicles that we're gonna use to do such, because we the ones that control the creative process. And I think that um, with that knowledge, being able to kind of like share it and pay it forward to the the newer generations that's coming in behind us is what was really gonna uh, help, I guess, enhance the growth. Because everybody's still chasing their fucking fame, bro. Like, like Pusha T said, you want to be more famous than rich? Never. You know what I'm saying? Like, never. Never, ever. Now, you could be rich and be in the background. There's layers to this shit, man. It's producers and engineers that, that's, that's checking bags monthly. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They, they get their royalty checks, and they royalty checks bigger than the fucking rappers because these rappers got nine writers on the fucking song. Absolutely. And because you're the producer, you are you own more of the song. <clears throat> you own more of the song than a rapper because he didn't produce nothing. He just rapped on it. Just use his voice. And not to take anything away from MCs and shit like that, but come on, let's be real now. We're talking like in in a modern era, most of these rappers can't even rap. They don't even need to no more. It's not even, it's not even a necessary skill set. I can sell, I've been saying this shit for years. I can sell beat tapes and get them, get them off. I've never heard nobody get off no acapella raps other than fucking URL. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and that's battle rap that's two motherfuckers going back and forth with one another so yelling at each other and shit about the same guns that are this long my gun this I, big you know what i'm saying <laughs> i gotta lean on a tree <laughs> just to keep myself up when it buck this <laughs> pistol here is being handled by a pistol leer <laughs> you know what i mean so, so long I got my wife under it, holding it up on the shoulder like a bazooka when I shoot you. Man, they, and, you know. It's, so here's the thing about the battle rap. I love the battle rap, but after a while, man, that shit just sounds, it just sounds traumatizing, man. Yeah, I, I, I peeped out that the, the common thing that I see in black battle rappers is that it's mostly all about how much more violent they are than the other person or how much more weight they move than the other person. Whereas like the the non-black battle rappers have to be, they have to be a lot more creative. And that's what kind of put them in my opinion at a higher level of battle rap, even though they're not heralded in that way. But I am i don't think that the best of the best in, in the opinion of the public are really the best of the best 
for me because I don't need to hear a nigga talking about how many brains he done blew out to know that he's a good rapper. You know what I'm saying? I, I need you to rap. I need you to rap. I need you to rap. Like I'm, I'm from where ignorance and violence takes place. Like, I, I know what that shit look like. Chicago is full of that. I grew up around that. One of the homies was a, was a certified motherfucking killer. Like, I know what that is. I, I remember being with this nigga and he, listen, I, you don't have to tell me how many times you are a, a, a motherfucking goofy with a pistol. Like, you really get it in. I want to hear you fucking rap. Oh, rap, man. Like, nigga, I'm here for the bars. I want to hear some bars, man. And, and this is the thing, like, it be like these niggas, and I get it, man. Street niggas is going to talk their street shit. But when you start saying that, you know, niggas is making up imaginary shit, all of y'all are making up imaginary shit. It, even if yours does have um, more, more, more weight to it because you did something that was actually involved in the street. But when you think about it, you're promoting more violence than the other motherfuckers is, and they are being imaginary. At least they trying to liven the shit up. Exactly. Yeah, I be sitting around here talking about sh- the guns and the blow. I, man, whatever, man. That shit, it be getting. I, I get frustrated with it sometimes because it's like this shit don't. It, it loses its appeal after a while, man. Like you know, a guy that I like to listen to, even though he does a lot of gun lines, Rum Nitty. He 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 gets clever with some of that shit. Like he'll flip your name. He'll he'll do all type of shit, but. It ain't it ain't too many of them dudes like I I can listen to like that man. It it, it gets it gets a mundane after a while. Like it, it gets to the point where you like yo my chest hurt from hearing the motherfucker talk about about killing motherfuckers you know in every fucking bar. That's why I think daylight for me is probably like one of the exceptions to the rule because even though he has from time to time spit gun bars, it's never his crutch. He'll get into some metaphysical astral plane shit. He'll get off into some. Uh, He'll put it all together. Yeah, it, and it it'll it'll all culminate to one single point. It don't just be like I'm a. If he put a gun bar in there, it's just to accentuate the other bars that are around it to kind of like string it together. Yeah. Whereas the person he's battling more times than not gonna be talking about how he's gonna kill him and his family and shit like that and. How he got killers and shooters in the, in the, in the crowd waiting for the show to be over and all that old crazy shit. Like man, bro, we better than this, man. Yeah, and, and I get it. Like everybody want to, and that's the other thing that everybody want to be so motherfucking tough, man. Everybody want to be tough until it's time to be tough. Everybody want to be a nigga until it's time to be a nigga. Everybody want to be a gangster and a killer until it's time to be a gangster and a killer. And the gangsters and the killer don't even want to be involved, man. They want to be out the way. The majority of the time I'd be hearing this, I'd be listening like, damn, man, like, where's the, where is the creativity? Like, the authenticity of it. Say that again. It's the authenticity of it. Yeah. Know? Be authentically you, man. Like, dude, it's like, it's like, you don't, like, even if I could see like here and there, but like every battle, my dude. Every battle. Every battle. Like, I, I, I would be sitting there listening, like, and they, then they, Somebody say something that they deem disrespectful, and all of a sudden a fight break out. Like, come on, my nigga, you done talked about killing this nigga whole family. Yeah, you know shooting his daughter, shooting his son, and because you call him a bitch, you know, fight that. This that was you draw that you draw the line there. No. <laughs> I mean, you called a bitch. No, at that point, if you feel like you got to do something to me, 
then nobody should leave this show. Thanks. Nobody should leave this show alive. And, and, and that's just me, because if we're going to get to being violent, then everything has to be offensive to me at that point. So um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I like the battle rap scene, but and I, I, I ain't going to even lie. I had the I had the subscription to uh, URL. Real. I had all that because I like. Yeah, no, no, no. Just the URL Real. Because oh. um, I like it was like eight dollars or whatever, because I, I like rum nitty. Um, uh, uh, it was a couple other people that, I, oh, of course, Daylight, because he started coming back in the battle rap, and then Mook came back and he fucking dusted Tay Rock off. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like listen to man, Mook, Mook is, Mook is still nice. So I, I was listening to some of those guys, and I was like, see, this is what I can, I can do this, I can do this. But then when you listening to the the rest of the battles and these guys trying to put together how you know tough they are from the streets and you listen like man come on man come on it's just so diluted and watered down like all of y'all starting to sound the same and i can predict the lines like i don't need to listen to it no more shit gets exhausting bro yeah You're like man really we're going through now we're going down this road yeah and then that's i think that's another reason why i kind of lost my creativity with, with writing and putting music together because after when you listen to that shit, you was like, yo, I don't, I don't, I'm good on the rap shit right now. I'm good on rap. That's why I, I can't, I, I listen to a lot of old school blues, R&B. Um, there's a bunch of old shit. I can't, I can't listen to hip hop too much no more. If I do listen to some hip hop, it's like a random playlist or like an outcast playlist or something like that. Just something, something that just take me out of the zone that I'm in. And uh, when it comes to just, if I'm gonna get put my pen pen to work, then it's just I'm listening to beats. I'm not listening to nobody rap. I'm just listening to beats. I, I cause I don't need that bullshit, you know what I'm saying, leeching into my my system when I'm, you know what I'm saying, in, in a creative space. And it's hard as it's hard in the motherfucker at this point just to really even be creative in that way because like a lot of for me anyway, a lot of the subject matter is depressing as fuck, bro. Yeah, yeah. And that's the reason why um I'll just go through the, uh, the, the the Dropbox files that we have and I'll just pick beats out, have them on the phone, and i just listen to them. Because it's like, I can't listen to a lot of this shit. That's another reason why I listen to the guys like Budos Band, Anomaly, uh, uh, what's the other one? Fearless Flyers and other guys like that. Because it's just like funk and jazz instrumentals that these guys are putting together. And there's no sound, there's there's no rap, I should say. It's just guys putting together instrumentation. Shout that out just, to yeah, that just sounds dope. Like I'm sitting there and 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 I, I get a I get a different type of feeling from listening to it. And then I turn back around and I listen to some jazz and I listen to some Cold Train and, and Kevin Neighbors and everybody else that I'm familiar with. So right. um it gets it gets tiring. And I know they got to get tired of that shit too, man. It's just like for me, growing up and hustling, you know, you, you, you've you been outside doing whatever you're doing all day. When you get home, I don't want to hear no rap music. I want to hear some fucking Anita Baker or something. I need something, I need something to bring me down. Nowadays, like a lot of these rappers is like really just rapping for shock value, bro. They just saying shit. You know what I'm saying? They like say something stupid. Like I smacked my baby on the head cause he took a shit. Like my nigga. And you know what? Again, if kids can dance to it, it's a bop. You know what I'm saying? If it's something they could just roll around on some pills to, it's a vibe. It's like, yeah. 
and I, it's not everybody it's not everybody but you know some of these motherfuckers man they don't have again going back to this part they don't have no integrity or accountability for nothing they all want to be spoon-fed not all of them but some of them just want to be spoon-fed they want the bag the buck the dollar they want it right away they don't want to earn that shit they want to put no effort into doing nothing they want everything to just come to them because they just want it but they don't want to earn that shit, man. And I never seen nobody in this world get none without earning it, unless you're just rich already, or you come from a rich a, a rich heritage. Motherfuckers want to eat good to eat good. You know what I'm saying? That's that whole. Uh, they don't want to be the starving artist. You know what I'm saying? They want to be. They want to eat first, and then and then lie about how hard it was to get on. Yeah, and lie about lie, lie about starving. Yeah. That's all. It's like, not to say that the struggle, you should romanticize the struggle because nobody, I, shit, ain't nothing romantic about the struggle. But it, it gives you something to appreciate on your way to your, you know what I'm saying, down the path to your goal, man. You can't just be around this motherfucker expecting. Man, this shit hard work, bro. Hard work, bro. It's, and you appreciate, you appreciate the outcomes when you put that work in. I'll say it again, this shit is hard work. There's days when you get up and you don't want to do this shit where you want to just walk away from everything. There's days when you just want to just disconnect from all this shit and be like, yo, I, I know a couple places I can go right now where won't nobody even, you know what I'm saying? People will know who I am, but the rest of the rest of these motherfuckers won't find me. They won't even know where I am. It kind of got me thinking, bro. When I when I was out there, I came out there to see Ayana and kicked it with my cousin for his birthday and shit a couple weekends you know when I was out there mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of got me thinking because there aren't very many metropolitan cities actually the United States is 85-90% rural you know what I'm saying you got small towns and shit like that the rest of it is like metropolitan cities people kind of like either gravitate towards those cities for the quote unquote opportunity and the fast life or they born and raised there, and that's the only life they know. People don't realize, though, man, that you you got to separate yourself from the bubble you exist in so you can actually have a better appreciation for shit. You know what I'm saying? Like most people, a lot of people, I ain't going to say most, but a lot of people have not lived outside of their zip code, let alone the city they, they were born and raised in. Most people are born and raised in the same neighborhood, and they die in that neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, like I listen to people who live on the south side of Chicago who've never been out west. And never. think that they're going and think that going out west is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, and they don't realize it's the same. You get the same problems exist everywhere. The north side, south side, all of that shit. But guess what? The same amount of opportunity to just live your life and be happy exists in those in those same parameters. The difference is is what your what your motivations and your drives are. Yeah. You can get the same, you can get the same shit. Yep. Anywhere. It's just about what you do to, to get it. Because when you think about it, like, and it's sad to say, but like a lot of them young niggas out there that's that's in them streets and they doing what they doing, all they lacking is a positive influence, bro. Yeah. Someone will just tell them. Somebody just to show them, give them the tools to actually say, you know what, nigga, your life means something. Yo, you know you don't have to be out here doing that, right? Like, dude, it's way better ways to get what you're trying to get without them people having to die or without you having to die. Or without you getting locked up. 
know what I'm saying? You know, you know, you really don't have to do that. Like, like you might feel like you live in a third world country, but that's just that. No, no, that's not the reality. Because until you go to one and experience that, then you you will be even more thankful for the what for what you have here than certain people have in third world third world countries. That's that victim mentality, bro. That's that. I think people kind of like they they hold on to like the they hold on to the the trope that niggas is just victims. A circumstance like we can't do it's been 65 years you know what i'm saying since the civil rights movement started even with the even with the civil rights movement how many of them motherfuckers was really down for the, for the civil exactly. rights movement? dude i've been saying that shit all the time like man the same type of motherfuckers that hate on the progressives of our time you got the same type of they come from the same families of motherfuckers who hated on that shit back then yeah because it, it was learned behavior bro you got to think about it. It was small groups of people that wanted Martin Luther King to talk like that and walk like that. It was small groups of people that wanted. Like they, we can romanticize it now because guess what? Most of us wasn't there to see it. All we, all we, was grew, we grew up being told stories about some shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My grandma ain't talked to me about no motherfucking civil rights movement. My dad did, but he was a fucking child when that shit was going on. I got to go, I got to go ask questions. I got to go actually literally talk to older people to get them to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So the question then becomes, why don't, why don't they just openly talk about it? What is there? Some, is there something they don't want to talk about? You see what I'm saying? Cause them old motherfuckers still exist. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe they, they just don't want to be a part of it. I don't you know why. Because if you start asking them questions, you start realize you start revealing the fact that they was hating on it too. Yeah. Some motherfuckers just didn't want to be a part of it. They you just want like, to go get up and go to work. Yeah, they don't want no problems. The same way niggas is now. Like they don't want to. They don't want to hold they they kids and nephews and and daughters and all that shit accountable. They just want to put food in, on the refrigerator. Dude, life is bigger than that, bro. That life is bigger than that. Think about it like this. I'm gonna say this. From where you come from, and you look at way how how you live your life, you look at the 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 value that you bring to your life and the people around you, from your childhood to now. If you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, what would you say? You can do it. Just stick to it. Dig what I'm saying? Hindsight is 2020, bro. All that bullshit you went through, it had, it had some value to it. Yeah. You just had to muscle. All, all, you, all you gotta do is just stay focused. Just stay focused, man. And, and I would tell, man, if I could tell my younger self, I would go, my, my nigga, look. Oh, you, whatever you wanna do, if it's boxing or art. You or music, you can you can do it. All you have to do is just do, don't don't do shit else but that. I'm telling you, bro. That's I I had that conversation with my cousin when we were sitting down talking and shit for his birthday, because he you know saying so he ain't nothing like about five six months older than me, and he told me he always looked at me like the bigger cousin because I always had like this, I have a, a broader perspective on things and shit, and he you know saying so he kind of modeled the way he moved after me, and I told him I said dude I said the only difference is between you and me is that our fathers are brothers and my father was active in my life. Mm. I said, my dad chose to switch up the paradigm. His brother chose not to. His brother had a bunch of kids. Think about it, life for a man is all about trade off and compromise. That's the life of a man, trades and compromise because you can't have it all. You see what I'm saying? 
If you could, if you could have it all, you know how many motherfuckers around here be wealthy? Everybody would. But the problem, you know why everybody broke? Because everybody who's broke is spreading themselves too thin trying to have it all. You see what I'm saying? Instead of focusing on the one thing that I get. One thing that matters. Yeah. I raised my children. You know why? Because my dad raised me. I put all my focus on making sure my kids was good. I could have probably blew up on this rap shit, nigga. I was in rooms looking at contracts and shit like that when I was younger. But every time it came down to me being a father, that always played the biggest part of what my decision making was based on. That trumped everything. And I never have a regret about that. No, because being a, a father was more important than the, the... Than the fucking record deal and all that shit, because I didn't want to be absent. You know what I'm saying? I know what that looked like. I watched my cousins not have their dad around. My cousins was basically raised by my father. You see what I'm saying? They look at him like like he like he's a fucking greed. Like he's the fucking oracle. He's the one. He's the one that did it. You know what I'm saying? But the difference is, is my father just tried to, he switched it up. He wanted to do something different. He saw that he knew what it felt like to not have his dad around. He's like, fuck that. My kid's going to have me around. Right. And you know what I said? Fuck that. My kid's going to have me around. You know what I'm saying? My brother said the same thing. Fuck that. My kid's going to have me around. And I'm watching how my kids move as a result of that. I'm watch, I'm listening to them talk. I'm watching how they, I'm, I'm listening to their worldview. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm saying, damn, this shit, this shit good. <laughs> my kids do too bad. You know what I'm saying? My kids, my kids don't be worrying about the street shit. They never had to. They and they seen the street shit. They live their life. They about making sure they advance and, 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 and stay focused on, on growth. It ain't even about the money. And, and because it ain't about the money, they never broke. But when you make the money your primary focus, you something, you know what I'm saying? Life is about trade-off. And, and sacrifices. Something's gonna give when you only focus on these things because you're spreading yourself too thin trying to make everything happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why it, it, it's, it's like it, when you grow up in poverty, you grow up fast and you get put out the crib when you turn 18 or some goofy shit like that. You're not really ready for the world because for one, you never was even groomed and, and prepared to be the adult that you you're gonna become. Yeah, now you're about to take on debt and then you're about to be working so hard to to establish yourself that you forget to look out for the for from where you look out for those where you come from, especially mom or dad, and because you got your own bills now. Bro, I'm gonna tell you something OG told me, and it made the most sense to me. And I this is something I'm gonna just say it because this is the way I raised my kids. Wealth is supposed to wealth is supposed to go up, not down. The reason why you have so many uh, long-standing uh, family businesses and stuff like that is because they keep pouring into their youth. They keep pouring into the young people. They keep pouring into them. It don't necessarily have to be the financial point, but they they put the money into their education. They keep them educated. They 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 school them. They 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 train them. They build them up. So those kids. So. Whereas grandma started the business and she's not the richest one in the family. The youngest one that's running the business now is the richest one because that's the one that's most equipped. And that one is training their children to, to keep the family business going, right? The reason why NFL players and, and NBA players struggle financially is because instead of them using that, that mentality of wealth flowing upward, they keep trying to bring everybody behind them up with them. You can't do that. Everybody can't go. Like I could see taking care of your mom, but you can't take care of your mom and your siblings. 
You're the one that had the talent. You're the one that had the athleticism. You can put them on and give them business acumen, but you can't fucking, you can't provide house, households and lifestyles no. for them. Your, your job at that point is to say, hey, what is it that you want to do? Yeah, I could. I could how, put- how can you help me help us? Yeah, let's turn my let's turn my my success into your, a business for the family. Yeah, let's make it a gang for for everybody else. But to say that you want me to buy you a car or help pay off your fucking loans and shit, no, 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 those no, are no. your loans. Yes, you know what I'm saying. That shit is in your name. I can I can I can get you put you through school and help you uh, learn how to manage your fucking finances. You know what I'm saying. I can't even. I can link you up with a, a financial advisor, somebody who can help you get your, your your money in order, but I can't fucking save you. So what I got a, a $20 million contract and $20 million should be enough for everybody. It should be, but guess what? That ain't how this works. It ain't my well is for my children. Yep. I, I'm doing this so my lineage can succeed. And I worked this damn hard to take to get this for myself. It, it, I didn't do it for, for I mean, I, I will help. But I didn't do this for all of us, my nigga. Like I, I put, I did all of this so I could succeed. It's a sweat equity. Yes, I did it so I could succeed. So now that I am succeeding, I have to focus on making sure that I'm good. Yeah, because if I can't, I can't take care of me. How can I take care of us? And that's a fact. That's a big fact right there. Um, I agree. I agree. But one of the things that I like, I, someone asked me if I had a hundred million dollars, what would I do? I said I would take care of the things that need to be taken care of. I would get debt off of me, and then I would go into uh, making sure that I was financially straight for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Then after that, I turn around, look around, and say, "Hey, what is it that you want to do? All right, let's establish that. Let me put you with this group of people because I'm not gonna just give it to you." but I want you to work for it. And I want you to put in the work to make sure that you understand what ownership really is. So you understand that once I turn this over to you, you understand and appreciate what it is. So you doing it for yourself and it's not me looking over it. Yep. And most people don't get that. They, they want a handout. And, and, and the whole point is to not give you a handout is so you, that you know how to work or fish for yourself. So I don't have to do it for you. Yep. And see, and instead of the handout, it's supposed to be the hand up. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to provide you the tools and the help needed to make you a better version of who you're supposed to be. But that only works if you're trying to be the better version. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I'm wasting my time and you're wasting our time. You know what I'm saying? And then I, I, in that in that spot, time is something they call an illusion or whatever. But in that moment, you have to realize that you are now wasting my moments and my time because you don't want to do nothing. Right. When you should be doing something to make yourself productive. Like I've already, I've already done the, I've done the hardest part of the job. I, I put, I put in the time. And we're in the door. All I need you to do now is play your part so you can, you know what I'm saying? Not be fucking on my, fucking around in my fucking pockets, pocket watching this shit because they'll be the same ones that'll rob you. Yeah. They love you today and rob you tomorrow. Rob you tomorrow. Uh, tell everybody that you don't love them. Tell everybody that you you cheap. You stand slander you on the internet. Yeah. You be on shade room and shit. All that old crazy shit because motherfuckers who say they love you jealous of your fucking financial gain. Yeah, money is not the, money is a tool. It's a tool. It gets shit done. It's a tool. You know what I'm saying? 
is like shit. If a motherfucker don't know how to operate a screwdriver, that that screwdriver is useless to them. And so are they. They are useless as well. Exactly. The same thing with money. If you give a motherfucker some money, and the only thing they know how to do is buy cars and clothes and shit like that, they're useless. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, we good now? Or or you you got anything else you want to say? I think I'm good, bro. I think it's a good convo. Yes, sir. I'll probably put this out in a couple of days instead of letting it linger around. Yeah, I was wondering whether or not you wanted to do something tonight. I know you was talking to D-Boy in the, in the inbox about trying to do something. But he said he had a had something going on tonight. So. He said Tuesday wouldn't be a good day. So he said next Tuesday will, will probably work better, which I don't know for any of us how that's going to go out, uh, play out because it'd be iffy for me. Like I can tell, I can tell maybe three day, days in advance. That's what I always ask. And then for me, it's, it's not just with you. It's all the people who I try to get involved or get scheduled on. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you when you're trying to schedule other people on, some may say yay, and then day of, day before they'll say nay. So uh, again, when you're dealing with, especially dealing with boxers, you know their, their schedule is, their time is 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 their own. You know what I mean? They're putting so much work into their craft and what they want to be. So. If a motherfucker say, "Yo, I don't really, hey, hey, I ain't feeling, I ain't feeling it today, big bro," I, I got, I get it. Like I understand it, so right. I just move on to the next thing. But super, super proud to to have had Doctor Gamble on here. Um, hopefully, I was, I was at work, <laughs> and all these different things popped up in my head about our conversation. And I was like, man. I didn't ask this. I didn't ask that. I didn't ask this. I didn't yeah, ask I that. Like, cause actually, I could have cooked them, bro. Cause I. <laughs> Dude, these motherfuckers just they just want they want me to believe so bad they just shot a fucking refrigerator size rocket or some shit like that into a asteroid to test it out to see if they could push it away. Nigga, why am I why why do I need to know this? You want me to believe that y'all we're we're at the point technologically where we could waste hundreds of millions of dollars throwing shit at a rock in space that may or may not potentially decimate us all. But we got motherfuckers around here drinking dirty ass water in Michigan. Man, stop it. Bro. Stop it. Bro. What y'all doing? Right. What y'all really up what are we what, what are we really addressing? What are we talking y'all testing out hundreds of millions of dollars on some shit? Y'all could throw money at that, but y'all can't throw money at making sure the people in Flint actually got their plumbing in order. Or Jackson, Mississippi, or whatever it is. Or or Brett, was it? Yeah, is it far? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, motherfucker. Mississippi, the poorest state in the union. It's it's statistically the poorest state out of all 50 states. And this motherfucker said, yeah, my, my daughter needs uh, somewhere to practice. These motherfuckers got food stamps. They be selling their EBT. Maybe they don't mind if I take a couple million of that and throw this into that. Man, come on, man. Quit blowing smoke up my ass. <laughs> it's, it's too much, man. I call cap on all of these motherfuckers, man. The, Dr. Gamble, he, he did an awesome job. I appreciate him entertaining my questions, but bro, I could have cooked you. <laughs> I got so much, man, but I, I, wanted, I wanted to respect your professional opinion on things. And you said some stuff that I actually could get behind. And that's all that matters. But man, I don't know what y'all are doing over there throwing 
equipment up at, at Space Rocks <laughs> and celebrating it. <laughs> you know, maybe another time for 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 questions like that because you know certain. So I mean, you know, hey man, his job ain't to speak on everything. You I know. know, I know, and he, he took that hat off quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> he made it clear, like, look, man, I'm gonna take off my NASA hat. His job is not six. He said that you know when before he, when he euro stepped the Fermi paradox question. Uh, uh. <laughs> I said, "Oh, he gonna do it like that, huh?" Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He hit, he he hit us with the crossover, like uh, uh, right, right into the right into the right into the right into the Jordan, like. Huh, huh. I was like, "All right, there you go." But again, I understand because if your job isn't to speak on certain things, then you have to honor that and. At the same time, he has to be a man of integrity as well as like, like we were like we were speaking on earlier. That man can't necessarily speak on things uh, the way we would want him to. Or not, it's not even the classification of it. It's just some things are way outside his pay grade too. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that even gave gave the opportunity for the question. So yeah, I, and I appreciate Dr. Gavin for coming on and, and being a part of my podcast because. I need more astrophysicists and bi- astrobiologists and mm-hmm. neuroscientists and all that on here. And I would love yeah. to get more of those. So, um, but we, I mean, we know what was going on when, when you're having conversations and things change. Like, we know what's up, man. Okay. We know what's up. We know what's up. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Full Profits Podcast with my co host 606. We just chopping it up as we usually do. Sir. Yes, sir. Um, I don't have much else to say. We're going to keep on continuing to be productive and progressive uh, and and living this life of ours until we can't live it no more, until our time is called. So as usual, remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness. God never puts you in the driver's seat if it's taken. I don't know if y'all hearing me when I say that at the end, but I said I heard someone told me on the last couple of podcasts that um, it cuts off before that. But hopefully y'all heard it that time. We out. You bitch. You. <laughs>